We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After midnight on Friday morning, technically November 17th. Glad you're with us in this post-game live stream format. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. This is brought to you by our friends at CyberTech. And Sarah, the Ravens just beat the Bengals, sweeping their season series, regular season-wise, for the first time since 2020. The final score, 34-20, to as Baltimore improves to 8-3, and holds on to its first-place honor, atop the AFC North. They're going to keep a half-game lead over Sunday's winner of whoever takes home the Steelers and Browns game. The Ravens have won five of their last six. It was a raucous environment inside M&T Bank Stadium tonight. John Harbaugh's dominance in primetime home football continues. Lamar Jackson's dominance against the Cincinnati Bengals continues. He improved to 8-1 and one against Cincy. It all comes with that, right? But at the same time... Unfortunately for number 89, Mark Andrews, Ravens tight end, John Harbaugh just confirmed a short while ago before we began this stream that his season is likely over uh, due to an ankle injury that he sustained from what they call a hip drop tackle. And that was one of many that Logan Wilson was doing throughout the game. We'll get to all of that and more, but we'll first begin with John Harbaugh's opening statement just moments ago down below Emmett Bank. Credit to God and glory to God. We appreciate the opportunity to play in a game like this and for the opportunity to be victorious. And also want to give credit to the fans. Uh, our fans were really great. I mean, our fans were loud. They had to take delay games. They had a tough time communicating out there. Uh, they couldn't get lined up numerous times as a result of the crowd noise. I mean, our fans were there. It was fun. It was a great environment to be in. The stadium people that put the stadium together and all the all the fireworks and lights and everything else and darkness. It was really just an amazing, amazing night. It was just a fun night in Baltimore. So our team played exceptionally well, and I'm proud of them for um, finding a way to, to win this game, play their best football. We'll get to the drone appearances later on in the stream, but Sarah, it's, it's, it's a mixed motions, right? I mean, bottom line, Mark, we know, is a, is a huge fixture of this offense and uh, clearly – based on player reaction, which we'll get to in just a bit. Everybody's feeling that loss. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I first want to focus on the win, and then obviously we'll get to Mark and all the implications of, of all of that. That is obviously uh, the big news coming out. But, I mean, Bobby, this is just 
uh, you mean, you called it a must-win game. I didn't think it was, but we both said it was a massive game, massive AFC North implications. We cannot, um, I mean, forget about what they just did. Not only do they maintain the lead in the AFC North, number one, okay? Number one in the best division in football. Not only did that just happen, but they probably just knocked the Bengals. I mean, we'll see. Um, people are starting to wonder if the Bengals are out. As we know, Joe Burrow was injured early in the in the game. We'll get into that more. Uh, but now the Bengals fall to 500, and their their quarterback situation is completely uncertain. Yes, we know what that's like over the last two years. If it's anything like the effect that Lamar Jackson has, you can see why people are starting to say that this might be the end of the Bengals. But it and it and they'll all look back to this week, this primetime week eleven game where the Ravens bounce back after a just disappointing and gut wrenching loss to the Browns, where they lost a double digit lead once again. And we talked about it. I said it. If you're a great team. When you're punched and you're knocked down, it's not that you accept that. It's that you say, okay, well, great teams, they come back from that. The Ravens did that tonight. Certainly helps to get the win when, when Joe Burrow's knocked out. I don't know how many people got a chance to listen to Lamar Jackson in the postgame show with Prime Amazon, but they asked him, what was going through your head? Which is a kind of a weird question. But what was going through your head when Joe Burrow went down? And he's like, Lamar's like, I wasn't thinking about Joe Burrow. Like, I was thinking about my offense and what we're going to do. Duh. And uh, and they're like, but but then then Tony Gonzalez followed up and said, but do you kind of wish that it was like, you know, their best guys versus you? And Lamar was like, I'm fine as long as we're winning. Like, I'm all right. He's like, you wish Joe Burrow well, but I'm fine if we're winning. We had Kelsey Conway on before the week two showdown. We said, hey, do you think um, Bengals fans recognize the fact that you've been winning recently because Lamar Jackson hasn't been out there? Kelsey's like, I don't think they really care, okay? <laughs> so obviously it helps that Joe Burrow wasn't there, but I don't think that Lamar Jackson really cares that that's how they get the win. I don't care that Ravenstown really cares that that helps them get the win. This is a sweep, a sweep of the Bengals. Not easy to do in the AFC North. They should celebrate this with almost like a mini buy right now. They now have 10 days. Soak this up. Yeah, Sarah, I mean, a couple people tweeted this out, including yourself. The, the Ravens have now scored over 30 points in five straight games. Now, I may not have gotten the ultimate conclusion and result of this one right, but I did say that I thought, not that I'm trying to take any credit for this whatsoever. I know a lot of folks are upset with me. Listen. As long as they continue to do this when I pick against them, why don't I keep this yeah. train going? I mean, let's go. go. Come on. I'm you, happy and Je to you and Jeff's Rebeck. Jeff <laughs> is joking on Twitter about how he's always getting them wrong, too. I'm happy, I'm happy to do it. And who knows? If Burrow doesn't go down, it could be a completely different game. But nonetheless, uh, the Ravens clearly have, have dealt with, with a, a team and a situation where they haven't had their QB1 as well, and they've had mm -hmm. to forge through it, right? So uh, ultimately, this offense is clicking. 30 points over 30 points in five straight games. That ties the franchise record. You got to go back to Lamar's M NFL MVP season back in 2019, the last time they did that. And uh, undefeated 8-0 at home under John Harbaugh in terms of 
primetime action. So the place was rocking tonight, Sarah. Roquan Smith talked about it in his postgame interview. Lamar talked about it. John Harbaugh talked about it. And that was the atmosphere. This place, like you said, was rolling. And there were drones over the top. You had Carmelo Anthony. You had Cedric Mullins. Steve Smith. Steve Smith Sr. and Torrey Smith. I mean, it was a who's who. Ray Lewis was upstairs in one of the booths. I mean, this this place was rocking. Baltimore showed up and showed out. The pregame was nuts. Had a chance to catch up with Jermaine Lewis. He just went into the Baltimore, uh, the Barron Athletics State Hall of Fame. It was awesome, awesome to catch up with him. Great to have you involved in the pregame show as well. So this was a banner day. Uh, obviously, there is there there is a shadow over it in in a sense with Mark. But I think I think the positive takeaway here. I think a lot of people are looking for those. Right. And Kadri's going to start pounding his chest about Charlie Kohler's time. But what I want to talk about is the Ravens invested in their wide receiver position, both in free agency and via the draft, not hoping that this would happen. Obviously, nobody wanted this to happen because he is Lamar's security blanket. He is one of the best tight ends in the game. But Sarah, in an emergency situation, which they're now finding themselves in 11 weeks into the season, they're equipped and ready to move forward without Mark. Well, it's it's funny, Bobby, because I think you've asked for you asked a couple during a couple shows this last week, uh, but you asked it in the sense of like what happens when people shut down Mark Andrews. Uh, you certainly weren't saying what happens if he gets injured or anything like that. Um, and so it's like you said, I want to know who's going to step up. Who's going to step up? Well, all the receivers did. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had his 100-yard game today, 116 with that long of 51. By the way, speaking of injuries, John Harbaugh did say uh, that the for for OBJ's shoulder, when the broadcast said that he had an X-ray, he said it doesn't look too bad. Probably going to have to deal with some soreness and some pain. When he was in that post-game show, he had that shoulder right. sitting on their de- the desktop and not moving it. <laughs> but I, but if it was like a serious injury, I don't think he would have gone back out there for that. And like jo- yeah. John Harbaugh said, wasn't serious. So his first 100-yard game. And Bobby, it was the perfect timing for him because it was on this national stage. And how many of these guys in this all these former players that were on this Amazon Prime, and OBJ looks like he's back. OBJ <laughs> looks like he's back. And he's like, everybody kept saying, oh, he lost it. He lost it. He lost it. Nah, it just takes a minute. It just takes a minute. He still got that speed, and we saw it there tonight. So he put up 100. Zay Flowers, three catches for 43. We know that that TD was his. That was a joke. We'll come back and look at that. I mean, the <laughs> officiating was bad for both sides. Both sides. I just thought it was bad overall. So that gets that gets pulled back. Don't worry. Nelson Aguilar will will grab a touchdown later, which by the way, I think only had according to next gen stats only a 3% chance of actually scoring by the way because Ooh. of how it went through the linebackers hands and he had to have the concentration and then outrun him and maybe the flip added some some, you know, difficulty there, but he comes in for a touchdown. Rashad Bateman had his first touchdown of the season. So they answered your question, Bobby. Yes. Who can step up if Mark Andrews is down? Well, all four of them raised their hands because all four <laughs> of them produced. Uh, well said. Very well said. And, and you know what? I hope that that continues. All right, I hope that that continues because, again, no Mark Andrews for the foreseeable future. John Harbaugh confirmed a short while ago via this clip right here that that 89 season is, is pretty much over 
with a serious ankle injury. I do have one injury announcement to make. Unfortunately, on the negative side, Mark Andrews has a very serious ankle injury. It looks like a season-ending injury. So um, our prayers will be with Mark. He, uh, nobody cares more about the team and, uh, and being there for the guys and Mark Andrews. So it's going to be hard for him, but we're going to be there for him all the way. That's very tough, bro. Like, I was just telling uh, the crew out there, the primetime crew or whatever, uh, that that's the guy who I, you know, entered the league with. You know, we've been bread and butter, uh, peanut butter and jelly, whatever you want to call it. But that's very tough because that's my boy. That's like receiver one sometimes, you know. And for him to go out first quarter, you know, and he's been having a remarkable year, one touchdown away from a record, I think. That's that's tough, man. But we gotta we gotta somehow do it without him. We got likely, we got we got Charlie, we got guys who are gonna step up. But it's tough. You mentioned Pink Burnell. So not to continue to harp on this, but uh, here is the play right here from from Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson that we mentioned earlier on in the stream. And uh, Sarah, he, look, I'm not going to come on here and say that any of this was intentional, but he was responsible for injuring three Ravens. Uh, not all of them were taking him out of the game types of injuries. And technically by the book, which we'll get to in just a second, based on NFL rulings and whatnot, none of them were illegal, but this hip drop tackle that everybody kind of was learning about tonight, potentially for the first time, is being looked at by the NFL in, in, in league meetings and health and safety leaders are saying that it's currently being studied. Uh, matter of fact, I saw a, a tweet that analysis of 2022 uh, season highlights showed that there was a 25 times injury rate, a 25% injury rate with this type of tackle versus others and you see the screenshot that you provided here on the screen for the audio only folks you're essentially doing what the what the phrase is is labeled as right like you're you're dropping your body and while you're on the ground using all that forward momentum and leverage you're bringing down a guy and in this case Mark's ankle got rolled up really good so hip drop tackle basically grabs onto their waist or around their hips and then just pulls them down and, and because the leverage right now, look, I, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I really haven't studied it. But what I, while I watch it and I'm listening to Kirk Herbstreet talk about it, it's when you're on the ground, you have a certain leverage. See the, uh -huh. see the leverage that Logan has right there? And it just puts Mark Mark's lower half at such a vulnerable position. And you saw it. Lamar was really lucky on his. One, he's got to throw that ball away. Two, and he's trying to make a play, obviously, right? But he's nowhere near the first down. But Lamar luckily got out of it. See, now obviously, we can't play the highlight because of copyright. Yeah. But but Lamar's, the way that he was able to roll out of that hip drop was so, so lucky that he was able to get out of that because, again, Logan was doing it all night. Uh, and, again, none of this is illegal. Perhaps it is by the start of the 2024 season. Uh, but Lamar's really, really lucky tonight that he was able to walk away unscathed for the most part. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll revisit that later. I'm just trying to think of it from like a defensive point of view. Um, does sound like the, there's data there that people get injured on it, but it's just like, well, how do they, how do they tackle? Of course he has leverage. <laughs> of course he has leverage. That's the point is you're trying to bring him down. Right. Go ahead. Just not to interject, but Patrick Queen did was asked about it, right? And he and oh, he okay. met, he made it very clear post game. I listened to him and and he was like, Look, I hate to see Mark go down, 
but we're football players and we dress right. up as football players out there. Right. And so he, he essentially came to, I don't want to say came to Logan's defense, but yeah. he, cer- he certainly understood that this, this was unintentional and yeah. it's going to be up to the league over the course of this off season, probably whether or not they want to, you know, take this away. And then at some point, Sarah, you got to ask I mean, yourself, my God, what I'm are we just, playing I'm out just, there? You know, right? because it, like, I'm just saying, if you're going to like, if you're trying to tackle somebody and they're ahead of you, you put your hands around their waist and you yes. try to pull them down. So yes. like how, I, whatever, I'll leave that up to the league and all that kind of stuff. But uh, what I don't like is why people keep holding on to Lamar's legs after he's already now that I didn't like from Logan Wilson. And this happened a couple weeks ago. Why you got why why we're holding on to legs? Like go of his legs. That's what I don't like. Like if you grab somebody's waist and you tackle them, then it's football. I, I hate that Mark Andrews got injured, but that that to me is part of football. That other one though is kind of kind of crazy. So now Lamar seemed to like he's he he seemed fine after that initial one. And then when he went to go kind of scramble and maybe try to stop and throw next to the end zone, he slipped again. Uh, and then there was another time he scrambled. That one was clearly the field. So I don't know. It, M&T Bank, I know they put a lot of pride in this field and in this turf, but something wasn't quite right there. It just seemed like yeah. there was a lot of slipping and all that kind of stuff. So um, now Lamar did say that he was. he said he'll be fine for Chargers. I'm sure he'll be on the injury report. But speaking of injury reports... Why? <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this. Since okay. he's got some questions to answer. Oh, uh, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> Bobby, at first I thought social media was making a big deal out of nothing because he clearly had, I couldn't tell if it was like a brace or an arm sleeve. Sure but like now that we saw, yeah, well, now that we saw that he like, his hand was hurting him from a throw. Maybe it got like like the the broadcaster to show that he got hit hard, but he on the wrist before, but he didn't even make like a grimace. Like he didn't even it didn't even look like he was hurt at all. Yeah. And so yeah, if he had a brace on coming into the game, never was on the injury report, and then clearly, like really, I mean, he was hurting when he threw that ball. You can see him grabbing his hand right there. He did not get hit on that play. He did the one before, but again, he wasn't didn't look like he was hurt so uh, listen maybe there's a maybe there's some sort of reason behind it that i don't know but definitely some inquiries should be coming in yeah the league's gonna be looking at that because clearly unless right unless the timing was just so suspect or so right or so untimely in terms of when de- designations are reported and submitted like that that's got to be looked into i mean he was in clear significant pain and then of course when the backup comes in browning uh he showed he showed glimpses of of you know potential production but clearly there was a significant drop off there and and sarah there were this was your classic afc north game right lamar's limping around at times i was a little bit perplexed in terms of the design run that was called there in the third quarter i think it was the, the, the play directly after he comes up hobbling and clearly limping i'm thinking to myself like Wait a second. And, and I know he may have had the option yeah. there. He had the option to take it himself or whatever, but I'm okay. Then, then Lamar, why are you, why are you taking it and run it for eight there? Like, let's just put up some points here via JT nine and get out of here and stop putting yourself in harm's way. And to go back to that play there on the sideline, in the first half with Logan Wilson, throw it away, man. He's been so, mm-hmm. um, we got to give him his flowers in the sense that I think he's made really good decisions for the most part this year in terms of protecting himself. But there are times 
where you're just kind of like, hey, c- come on, man, just just throw it away. Like he, he's been he, he's really done a good job at spreading the burden around, as one of our subscribers said over the first couple months of this season. Right. Instead of having to always wear the cape, uh, there are still some situations where I feel like he could still spread it around even more. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. And then at the same time, there was another play where I was like, throw it away. And then he somehow escaped a sack and that like they just flew right over him. And so it's just like it's it's you get the the, the best in both of those yeah. of those two worlds. And that's what he needs to continue to polish for sure. But he finished 16 of 26, 264 yards, two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 121.3. He added 54 on the ground. Um, they were Bobby. I know you, you saw it too. He and Todd Munkin and these wide receivers were like, we're freaking hitting a deep pass today. Okay. We are doing this. I love it. So the first one, he slightly overthrew OBJ. Second one, was it to Bateman? It was right on the money, but you just, sometimes you just got to give it up to, to the opposing team. That dude made a heck of a play. That was a heck of a play because that was on the money. It was right where it should be. So there was that. And then finally he hit on OBJ the second time on a deep pass. And then OBJ was even even was able to take it further. That's where OBJ kind of like hurt his shoulder because he was trying to like, he wanted that touchdown. He wanted yes. it. And then he got hit from behind. And that's where he got uh, kind of injured on the so- shoulder. But um, yeah, I, I just love that Munkin. Because here's the thing. Like the only way it's going to like happen, Lamar said, hey, we're hitting them in practice. We just got to translate it to the game. Well, the only way it's going to translate is if you take a couple shots every game. So tonight they took three. That's not too many in my view. Now, when you do, you do, you do miss a hold down. So you better figure out the rest of the 10 yards on the other two. But I'm here for that. You've got to keep practicing those in order to finish them. I thought it was great. And that you know what it made me think of? The off-season topic that we always talked about as we were getting to know Todd and this new mindset, this new scheme, this new philosophy, empowerment. That's what the, that's the word that came to mind. Not in the sense that not from a belief standpoint, but hey, I know these guys can do this. Let me continue to dial it up. And at some point, as Lamar said this week, it's going to translate the, to games the way it has in practice for them, as Lamar has said. Quick note from Cybertech before we continue. Today's post-game show, this morning's post-game show, it's 12.30 Eastern on Friday morning. So glad you're with us. Over a 1,000 concurrents right now. Please like the video and subscribe to both. I love it. After the- midnight, we still got a 1,000. I love I love Baltimore. Let's go. You know, you guys are the best. You really, Let's go. I mean, it, it was an awesome day. Very energized right now. I got about three Celsius drinks in me. And I'm, I'm feeling good right now. I don't know about you, partner. So, and, you know, we got to th- say thanks to Cybertech, our exclusive sponsor, a next generation local recruiting resourcing and outsourcing firm, a new way to acquire resources. Whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, Cybertech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and you don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, Cybertech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. Cybertech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if you're interested, you think that'll be a good fit, you meet myself, Sarah, and the Cybertech team for a virtual introduction. You can get started today by scanning the QR code that is in the upper right-hand corner of your screen right now. Or if you're on the audio-only side of the vault, you can send an email to the address that we have included 
in the show notes below. Let's continue the conversation. We're glad you're with us. Zay Flowers, a new franchise record was set tonight for the rookie. Most receptions passing one Torrey Smith with 51 and counting. Zay finished with three for 43 on four targets. And Sarah, he should have had a whole lot more because as Kirk Herbstreet called it, I believe, a phantom holding call came in on Odell Beckham Jr., which just left everybody perplexed, okay? It was your classic joystick, 68 yards. It's a tu- it's a touchdown that was negated by OBJ's penalty, and I'm telling you right now, again, we cannot play it for you, but what was this? Here's your tweet, soft, soft, soft. Everybody's <laughs> all over it. It was definitely questionable, and you're just asking yourself, like, what else do you want the vet to do setting up his rook? Well, here's what I think happened. But I grabbed the screen grab here I, where I try to show that, like, it, like his his like maybe his like index finger gets caught in the neck of his jersey. So I, maybe that's what the ref saw. Maybe he just saw kind of like the jersey or whatever. Uh, but that was it. So clearly had no effect whatsoever. There was not a hold. Not, not, not like, again, if you want to get super technical and be like, well, look at his Jersey or whatever, but give me a break. His, it's like his finger, like kind of got caught in it or whatever. That is not a hold whatsoever. Now, now I've had problems in the past. I have no problem calling out refs or calling it as I see it one, if it's one-sided or not tonight, I didn't feel like it was one-sided because, yeah. uh, well, first of all, Ravens were able to erase that with that Aguilar touchdown. So that's awesome. Number one, number two, later. They called a pass interference on a, I don't know which Bengals DB it was, but it was on Zay. That was phantom. That was phantom. (laughs) That was like phantom, phantom. Like I was like, I don't, at least on this one, like maybe the jersey kind of like threw the refs off, but that other one was terrible. And then that led to another touchdown. I think it led to the Rashad Bateman touchdown. So, and here's my thing is like, like I was, you know, calling like, saying, oh, come on, that wasn't whatever. And my son was like, you know, I'm not complaining. And it's like, I'm not either in terms of like, you have to like pay back the Ravens for for what you missed. But more than anything, I just want good officiating, you know? And I know it's a tough job, but so are these players' job and so is the coach's job. And so it's just like, oh, I just want it to be called straight up as, uh, you know, just, I mean, some of these are just so terrible, so terrible and uh, I, I just feel bad for, for Zay because, you know, he, he's like celebrating over there, ran forever. And then you look back and there's the yellow flag. That's like the most deflating thing ever. At least we got to watch him run. That's always a pleasure. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I wanted to show you this stat provided by Next Gen because this is sort of along those lines. I mean, you mentioned it earlier on, the yak yards, the yards after the catch, a season, a season high plus 70 over expected in that category and 61.7% of Lamar's passing yards came in that category, the third highest rate in a game in his career, 163 of 264 passing yards on the day. And you mentioned Nelly, that boy Nelly, kind of like Lamar a couple years ago, flips his way into the end zone, does not land on his buttocks, thank goodness, like Lamar, unlike Lamar, right, a couple years ago, I think that was against the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. But before we get into the numbers on that play and, and Nelly turning back the clock a little bit, Lamar talked about his fellow South Florida boy. A middle post. I'm trying to zip it in there in a, in a little small window. Pratt, you know, he deflected the ball, but 
Nelly did the right thing by, you know, telling that play and he was off to the races. He was flying. You know, it's a Florida boy. You know, we got we known for speed. So he turned on the Jets. He turned on the Jets. He did his thing. Did you give him some tips on how to do that flip on that? No, nah, he he need to give me some tips on how to do the flip. Cause last time I did it, I, I hurt my my butt when I <laughs> when I landed. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he need to give me some lessons. Cause he he did a whole somersault flip. That was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> Thank you to the super chat features that are coming in from Tongsley and, and many others, including Ephraim. I think I, I botched that the first time. Ephraim Ribeiro, I think is what it is. And Dustin and Tim, we'll get to you guys in just a bit. But on that 37-yard connection between Nelly and Lamar, 30, yak. Expected yak, nine. Yak over expected, plus 20. Touchdown probability, 3.7. Nelly shows up against Cincy, Sarah. I can recall him having a productive week two, and here he is in week 11 getting it done. I mean, a 3.7% touchdown probability. That is crazy. But to the last stat that you just showed, this is what we've been talking about, is like I, it's, it's all these guys. The, Eric DaCosta has finally got people around Lamar Jackson who – who instead of him just making others look good, they can make him look good. The fact that three, uh, two thirds of his passing yards was after the catch two thirds. I don't know where that lines up. will get against other quarterbacks. I'm sure, uh, you know, other teams, you know, have yards after the catch too, but I mean, that's just bananas. That's just bananas. And Lamar, he just is so patient back there to the point that you do, you often see him going through his progressions and you see that he makes it to his second or third sometimes. And it's just like so, so, so patient. So the other thing, Bobby, that I love to see in this one on the offensive side, and then we can, you know, flip over to the defensive is Todd Munkin, John Harbaugh. I feel like they heard us. I feel like they heard the Ravens fans. They did not forget about the running game in the second half. They did not forget about Keaton Mitchell in the second half. Keaton didn't have like these massive breakaways like he has in his first two games, but uh, Keaton finished with eight attempts. Yeah, just just 30, 33 yards, so he was about 4.1 yards uh, per rush. Then Gus Edwards, Gus the bus, he has two touchdowns, gets him to 10 on the season. That has him surpassing Christian McCaffrey, by the way. So now he's number two, <laughs> just one behind, uh, what's his name? Former Raven, Most, Mostert. So, I, I watched his name. Raheem, Raheem there we go. Oh, yes, I did get it right. Okay. Yep, yep. So, <laughs> All day. so, I mean, number two in the league. He just, uh, and and then this is what, this probably bugs me so much when other people like Shannon Sharp or Stephen A. Smith try to act like, Oh, they Lamar's not having a great. Yeah, like, <laughs> acting like he's not having a good season because his his touchdown passes aren't through the roof. Well, when you got somebody who's as automatic inside the five yard line as Gus Edwards has been, like you keep going to that. You keep feeding him until teams learn how to stop it. And yeah. I love the play call where Munkin on his first touchdown pitched it out to the left and kind of spread it out because everybody's expecting Gus Bus to go up the middle and just do a power right off, right? And so, like, if it was Keaton Mitchell, okay, well, then maybe we need to be ready for it to go to the outside or Justice Hill or something like that. You're not used to that with, with Gus Edwards. So I love that play call with him, and he easily got on that first time. And, uh, and, and the second time, he just is – he's so he's, – he's a big reason why the Ravens 
uh, red zone offense has been so good. Yeah. Baltimore finished with just 30 yards on the ground in the first half, crazy enough. And so they end up finishing total with the 157. So to your point, they went to the rock early and often in the second half. Gus, his third game this season with two or more rushing touchdowns, that's tied for the second most in a single season on top of the stats that you just provided. And uh, what I loved on his 26-yard chunk run in the second half in the third quarter, it was the first offensive play of the third quarter. So you're trying to set a tone in the second half, right? Joe Burrow's ruled out. You're trying to essentially take stranglehold and move forward here. But on that chunk play, a key block by Pat Ricard set it up and then extended it. Uh, what, what, what ended up extending the run was Rashad Bateman being a key blocker out there in space. So mm. you got to love that, uh, especially from a guy like Bate, who, who's starting to come around, a uh, touchdown for him. It's great to see him get involved. And we all know how we feel about him in terms of that puzzle piece that he can be. And then Ken McCusick, just overall in terms of production for weeks on weeks on on end on the, on the rushing category standpoint, tweeted that uh, 27 straight games of 100-plus rushing yards for Baltimore dating back uh, to week two of the 2022 season, they share the NFL record with Pittsburgh at 43 games. So they continue to to dominate that statistic for sure. Shall we move over to the defensive side of the ball? Because yeah, they got it. a bunch of different contributions yesterday at this point. Again, we're 12.43 a.m. Eastern on Friday morning. But they finished with five total sacks on the evening. Justin Matabike, Adafe Owe, Tavius Robinson with his first career sack. Congratulations to the rookie, Kyle Van Noy, and Jadavian Clowney. And just to give you some perspective on these numbers, Justin extends his at least half or more sack streak to eight games. He's got eight and a half over the last eight, okay? And that's eight straight games with at least a half sack. Again, that's his sixth straight game with a full sack. He's got nine and a half on the season. Again, I was kind of updating this as it goes with him. Jadavian Clowney's up to six and a half on the year, creeping closer to the single season best that he had all the way back in 2017 with nine and a half. He's sipping from the fountain of youth, kind of like Justin Houston did the first half of last year. I already mentioned Tavius Robinson getting his first career. Uh, what else have I missed here defensively before we get to just a ridiculous performance that's starting to get stacked and stacked and stacked by Brandon Stevens and the Ravens secondary. Yeah. So I, I have uh, a complaint about the Ravens defense, but I'll save that for, for after we get through all this, this good news, because this is a winning day. So number one on Justin Matabike, I was, I was asking, I asked Twitter, like when's the last time the Ravens have had a double digit sack leader. It was Terrell Suggs 2017. Really? So it's been a minute. That's that's what Twitter told me. I should probably verify that. Okay. But um, it's been a minute. I definitely went back a couple seasons during the game while I could, and then I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not gonna keep going. I gotta watch this game. Yeah. So, and again, I've said this before. For that to come from the interior is just is just absolutely massive. The second thing I want to say, Odafe Owe now has four sacks in the last five games since he's come back from injury. Okay. This is yet another time that we are going to be reminded that you don't count out first-round draft picks within the first two years. Mm. I feel like it's always three because, to me, watching him, uh, he's putting it all together, Bobby. 
He's he is putting it all together. And again, he almost saved the day against the Browns last yes. week yes, he did. with that sack strip. Yeah. The Browns were fortunate that they were able to 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 jump on that. Yeah. So it just I'm watching him. I'm watching Clowney when they come. I mean, they are beasts, the yeah. two of them together. But it makes me so happy to see Odafe that he's like no longer like Odafe almost OA, right? Which is what he seemed like in the first two years. All these quarterback pressures, but not the sacks. Now he's bringing him home and he's doing it consistently. They have four in the last five games yep. and Justin Matabike, another draft pick. So you're two, two of your draft picks are bringing this kind of pressure. That is excellent news. So OA, Patrick Queen, we could go on. Don't call people busts too early on or you end up with egg all over your face. I love it. I love it. It, it, I think a couple words stick out to me and I've sort of alluded to this recently technique and development year three has really, he start, you're right. He's putting it Mm -hmm. together. You wonder how much of that is related to the off season hire, bringing in the outside linebackers coach and pass rush guru, Chuck Smith. I think he deserves some credit there, but, but man, it's it's been great to see and you couple that with the production that they're getting from these vets, right? And Van Noy mm-hmm. and Clowney. And you don't even kind of, you know, we can talk and talk and debate and uh, be frustrated with what's happening or not happening with Tyus. I'll tell you what, these guys continue to produce like this and we're not even going to have to have that conversation. Like that is the beauty of it. Now, obviously you we want really to haven't had it. We're just talking about <laughs> how weird his injury situation is, but it's not like we're like out here dying for him to come back. That's, I mean, it would be nice to have him back, but the Ravens are certainly thriving in the sack department either way. Adafe had himself a nice evening against a former Raven and Orlando Brown Jr. Now, of course, <laughs> in uh, Cincinnati, when he was lined up directly with them, five pressures Adafe produced, one sack, 14 total matchups, a pressure rate of 35.7, and time to pressure 2.46 seconds. So he's doing it. Yes, with his speed, which we know has been his calling card from the moment we learned about this guy coming out of Penn State, who was raw, right? He and David Ajabo, very late learners of the game. But Sarah, here it is. Like I said, technique, development, and disruptiveness. That's what he's bringing to the Ravens in year three. I'm happy for number 99. It's always fun to see these matchups against, you know, former teammates because I've said this before. It's like when you play, uh, you know, your sibling, like brother against brother, sister against sister or whatever. And uh, you just always want to play your best. It's always, it's just, that's just the way it is. So it's pretty cool to see it against Orlando Brown. Uh, I thought Orlando in the beginning had, was having a pretty good game, but man, the defense wore them down. So let me, before we go over to the secondary, because I do have some thoughts. I have a few thoughts for the secondary. Here's my complaint on the Ravens defense. And, um, you know, we've heard this saying, you don't want to accept in a win what you wouldn't accept in a loss. Okay. Oh, that's Shannon's favorite Mike Tomlinism that he's been using literally day after day after day with Lamar over the last few weeks. Well, I do like I do think Mike Mike Tomlin's a smart dude, so I'll I'll take it. Oh, I like it too. Um, I just I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. funny how Shannon uses it to pin against yeah, she, Lamar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's the uh, well, it's the run game, but specifically the interior run defense. Okay. There were too many times where Joe Mixon would just run right up the gut, right up to the gut. The Ravens defense, all these years that I've been covering him. 
That shouldn't happen. Yeah. That should not happen. So we obviously know that Broderick Washington was a healthy scratch coming into this. Um, and and to be fair, he was in there last week against the Browns, and the Browns were doing the same thing. Yeah. So somebody's got to step up. I love how Matabike, Michael Pierce, they bring a nice pass rush for the interior. That's wonderful. Let's not lose that. But something has got to be done because, to me, if Joe Burrow had stayed in, you're putting the linebackers, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, in an awfully difficult position. Yes. If you can't. If you can't stop some of these runs from the defensive line, you got to get off your blocks because then all of a sudden it's like, do, do Roquan and PQ have to make the decision? Do I run up to the line right away so that these running backs aren't getting like eight yards before I beat them? Or, or do I drop back because this could be a play action and then you've got an open field right over the middle and there's nobody back here. And so the defensive line has got to start stopping the run, especially up the middle, because everything else falls apart if you can't stop the run, which is why the Ravens still say on offense, it's, it's always like, no, running running the ball is still first priority because it opens everything up. So that has got to get fixed moving forward. Very fair, and I think to your point, based on what PQ had to say post-game, based on what Roquan had to say on Amazon post-game one-on-one, they were not satisfied. Roquan called it inexcusable, the garbage time touchdown to Chase, which I love. Hopefully we can speak with him in a few hours. We're still waiting on confirmation. Don't know why, but that's that's the reality. Um, And I think that you're right. They were put in no man's land several times throughout throughout the evening, those two. And Patrick Queen, I think a couple people noted this on Twitter, he seemed like he was nowhere near 100% at, at, at points throughout the game, hobbling in between plays at points, jogging off the field in what looked to be perceived discomfort. So uh, didn't have anything to say about that post game, but but that may have been a factor in some of his underwhelming play, if you will. I'm seeing a lot of um, calls now for Nadamna Kasu. I am I as well. I don't know if he if he is necessarily is he is uh, is he going to clog up the middle for some reason I've always thought of him more on the outside but maybe he is on the inside. Obviously, I know he's not an outside. Pa- I know he's not not like yeah. an outside linebacker, but maybe defense. I don't know. Bring in somebody because that middle needs to be clogged. <laughs> yes, it does. Let's get to somebody who's been clogging all kind of production. <laughs> for Jamar Chase over the last couple months, and that is one Brandon Stevens, who... Okay, I'm just, by the way, sorry to interrupt. I'm seeing a lot of uh, Sue can dominate inside. Okay. Okay. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Let's do it. Let's Bear go. Bear Arms seems sorry. to think that he's got the scouting report on him. He's fresh and will be used. Bear Arms, who's your source? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> I like it though. I like so the, I like the production. I like the optimism. But okay, but so at, yeah, he's he's a defensive tackle, not a defensive end. I'm seeing it come in. Okay, all right. Thank you. Sorry. Go back to Stevens. My bad, Stevens. Try to give him his flowers. Listen, I know that guy's can be dominant. He's got a heck of a career. Obviously, track record, resume, and all those things. He's been working for Sky Sports the last month, so I don't know where he's at. I don't know where his training's at. I could be. Getting ahead of myself. Clearly, he signed late last year with Philadelphia, so perhaps he could do the same for Baltimore and be not an every-down guy, but but impactful for them on the cheap. But we'll see. Brandon Stevens versus Jamar Chase. Look at this. Week 11. And by the way, if you're looking back to the regular season series, now two games and a hefty sample size, um, Brandon Stevens held Jamar Chase – or I'm sorry, the Ravens combined – a lot of this is Brandon Stevens, though. Held Jamar Chase to a combined 43 yards receiving, seven receptions, and a garbage time touchdown in, in this one. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then you see what he did today. Uh, shadow rate, 62.9%, 22 of 35. I mean, he was with him all night. Press coverage rate, 68.2. Up on the line of scrimmage, right in Jamar's grill. Receptions versus targets, two two to three. Yards versus touchdowns, two to one. Again, that one is the garbage time. And the average target separation, 0.9 yards. Sarah, you mentioned it probably, I don't know, a month or so ago. We got a lockdown cornerback on our hands here in Baltimore. <laughs> well, what I also like, okay, so first of all, for this to be his first touchdown of the season in week 11 in garbage time, that's insane level, okay? That's insane. That's number one. Number two, what I really like about him as a former running back Oh my gosh, am I knock on wood? Yeah. I feel like he's been so durable. How durable. many times do we yeah? How many knock times again. do we see yeah? How many times do we see CBs coming in and out? Feels like CBs have been not just with the Ravens, but just everywhere. It's like they're the most like uh paper mache, like fall apart type of and he's just again, he's a former running back. He knows how to take hits. He's also been a safety, he knows how to give hits. This this guy to me is for sure the most surprising. Um, yeah, he's the most surprising to me for the way he has stepped up. Sarah, he had gone over 430 snaps up until that garbage time touchdown without allowing wow. without allowing one. So he really is putting together. Speaking of development, like Adafe, he's putting together a heck of a season. 
Okay, while we're on this, uh, real quick, real quick, real quick, yeah, I got a question yeah, for you. Yeah. Because we're talking about the secondary. I want to see if you saw the same thing I did. Okay. Talk to me. Talk to me because we were both concerned. Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams, what do you see? I'm so glad you brought that up. You yeah. know what? I'm glad he proved us wrong. I, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't come back to bite the Ravens in the future. What? No, I was just going to say proved us wrong. I mean, we just said pre, pre-game. You said, at what point do we pull it? And I said, I'm willing to take a, have a – I'm willing to give him grace because – We're all criticizing him, though, about his – about how a liability sure. he was. No, 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 for sure. Uh, for sure, which those games deserved criticism. What I'm saying is, is he didn't prove me wrong. We criticized – he didn't prove you wrong – we criticized his games for the lack of physicality, which he did have. It was a lack of physicality. But I don't think either one of us predicted that he couldn't get it, which is why I'm saying in that pre, the pregame show that we just had right before the game, yeah. you asked at what point do, does Harbaugh or EDC or whoever have a, have a conversation with him? And I said, I'm not at that point yet. And I said, I'm willing to have grace because it's not just learning how to deal with that, but he's had hamstring and he keeps coming in and out, in and out, in and out. So I was will- I was saying I'm willing to have some grace for a, for a couple of games. I never predicted that he couldn't he couldn't ever figure it out, but we criticized him for sure for the games where he wasn't physical because he wasn't. Okay. So, yeah. you know, in other words, he, he responded really well to, yes, <laughs> to he, some of the criticism. I'd say it was just a bounce back. Yeah. You know, he, he bounced back really well. He finishes with seven total tackles, five of which were solo, uh, and two passes defense. Uh, he was all over the football field. Uh, so, so in other, you know, I mean, moral of the story, and, and we have some people checking in on here. Rose says that, uh, is this our row? Is this agent zero? But um, yeah. <laughs> all the Marcus Williams criticism was was far overblown. Maybe we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. The jury's still out on that, in my opinion. But it was awesome to see him out there making an impact on the game because you know what, Sarah John Harbaugh made it a point this week to stand by him that he was a major part of what they were doing, and he was tonight. Yes, and so the other thing I wanted to to make a comment on in the secondary, so. Listen, again, I'm not predicting anything and I'm not giving up on anybody. But from what I've seen when Marlon Humphrey goes down, when I see what Rock Yassine does versus what Ronald Darby does, I I, maybe somebody needs to remind me. I can't recall being like, oh, Ronald Darby, what are you doing? But I've done that a few times with Rock Yassine and and I did it again tonight when he didn't turn around. Yeah. When the ball the ball was short and he didn't turn around, and so that's so then the receiver's coming back, he's not looking, so that's an easy pass interference call. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like we they were calling his name a ton today. I just feel like through eleven games, I have seen Ronald Darby. I, like I've just I right now I feel more confident with him. Yeah. And I just feel like he's he's earned more snaps than Rocky Seen has, and again. I'm not going to sit here and like give up on Rock, yep. but for me, Darby certainly has the the edge if we're talking about competing for snaps. I think that's totally fair, uh, just in terms of what they started with. Darby started at corner in place of Marlin. We'll see what Marlin ends up doing. He was doubtful going into today, and we'll, we'll see what you know how long he decides to stay down. Kyle Hamilton started in the nickel, and then to your point, you know Yasin 
there was a little bit of a rotation going on between him and Darby. Yeah. But yeah, he's just he's had a couple of those head scratchers, and that certainly was one tonight where he just kind of loses track of of not only the football but the overall timing and uh, and, and sticking with his guy. I mean, he he was on him he was on him pretty good in terms of space, but then when you lose track of the football and have no clue that's in the air, uh, you put yourself in a super vulnerable position. Uh, at that point, and he paid the price, uh, unfortunately. Let's, let's see here. I want to make sure that we get oh, one can more. We talk, can we talk about while we're on defense when Roquan Smith just bulldozed, just ran over Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon was there to, like, you know, be the chip blocker, to be, like, the last man to, to protect. I think Brownie, Browning was in at that point. Yeah. But, I mean – Oh my gosh, Roquan just trucked him and then Browning got the ball out just in time. I was just like, oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine having to be back there and you just see Roquan coming full speed, this train coming through, choo-choo, yeah. and you're the one who has to step up and take that? Oh, that was brutal. Oh, Roe, 10 tackles, four of which were solo. The guy's all over the field. And I do got to credit Joe Mixon for hanging in there and taking that. I mean, he did his job, yeah. right, in a sense. Yeah. So so good stuff there. Before we get any further here, we do want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons, Matt DiMaggio and Blake Yaspa. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there and you haven't already done so, it's a great way to support us for as little as $1.99 a month and all the way up to $49.99 a month with different incentives along the way. We appreciate you, Matt and Blake. And again, go check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast, which all that information can be found in the show notes. One other quick update, too, for all a 1,000 of you on here. Technically, it ended up on midnight, but I'll extend it for a few more hours. We still have our uh, ticket giveaway that will benefit the Baltimore Hunger Project. I just found the numbers today with Clean Cuisine, one of my brand sponsors on Bobby Baltimore Channel. We're closing in on $20,000 raised all in over the last week or so, which has been an incredible uh, incredible voices of, of support from you guys. So we have tickets that are available. All you have to do is donate. You can find all that information in the show notes below. Donate any amount, and you are automatically entered into the Ravens ticket raffle, and all the proceeds are going to help those in need here in Baltimore uh, now that Thanksgiving is basically here. Anything else, partner? One last thing. I want to give props to Hamilton. Hamilton was one-on-one. -on -one. Two different times, once against Chase, once against Boyd, both on third down and broke up passes to both, making them have to punt. I, I mean, this is a super long safety who is playing nickel, who's playing strong safety, who's playing everything, and then you put them up against Chase. Chase, Jamar Chase, who's like one of the best wide receivers in this league, and he's able to like – stick with it and break up a pass there. And then with Boyd, I just thought Hamilton. And then sometimes he's blitz. I mean, Hamilton is just everywhere. Yeah. And in my view, playing at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah, I loved what Spencer Schultz tweeted. Uh, Victor Wembiana is this rookie in the NBA who's like literally like 7'5 or something ridiculous like that. And he plays for the San Antonio Spurs. So clearly his wingspan is insane that he affects the most ridiculous shots that you'd never would expect him to, to alter. And, and Spencer, sort of joking, I'm sure he was having a good night out at the stadium. 
he called Kyle the Wemby of, of the NFL because he's just so rangy. His father played professional basketball. Kyle played basketball, uh, lead, I think, throughout high school. I don't know. I don't think he played at Notre Dame, obviously. But it is kind of cool to see the development there. And, and, yes, he is a playmaker, contrary to popular belief, based on some local radio stations that you may listen to here in the Baltimore area. What about Zay and Steve Smith Sr.? If you can remember during the draft process, Zay for NFL Network was going through all of his guys. And he was on Zay from the jump, calling him a dog, calling him all the compliments you want, especially when you're talking about a guy with the resume that Steve Smith Sr. does. Well, Steve decided to uh, put out a tweet of a video of these two catching up pregame. It was just a cool Ravens moment for those of you who have been around long enough where you remember uh, when, when Agent was involved. Sorry for the audio. I mean, you could hear the first couple of parts. I wish we could hear the second half of it because that was probably the juicy stuff. But that, that's a cool relationship there. It's like the opposite of Steve and Jerry Judy. <laughs> it's yeah. just like the complete opposite. So literally. No, I mean, I don't know anybody that was more enthused about Zay Flowers coming out of the draft before yeah. he even got drafted to the Ravens than Steve Smith senior. I mean, he, I mean, I'm, I think Zay was like certainly his favorite in this draft. So very, very cool to see that going on there. And that's and By the way, it's cool to see Steve Smith's daughter there. I mean, yeah. kids grow up so unbelievably fast. It's crazy. You probably, yeah, you probably have a crazy perspective being that you probably, I'm sure you saw her around the facility at a young age, right? If, yeah, seriously. Real real quick, this is like a personal question I want to ask uh, people in the comment section because I know we're getting close to wrapping up. I am trying out a new microphone tonight. New microphone. I can still toy with the settings, but I'm curious what people think, have, have been thinking about the sound and how things have been for me. So shoot in the comments how the mic, if you, if you haven't even noticed the mic, then that's probably a good sign. But uh, let me know what you guys think of the sound with this microphone. I haven't at all. Some special teams love here. Two third yes. quarter field goals from Justin Tucker, one from 25, one from 47 keeps him, uh, you know, obviously in great standing, but the best part related to Justin Tucker wasn't anything about, well, it was about him, but wasn't anything that he did. Al Michaels on the call with Kirk Herbstreet uh, was quoted for saying after the 47 yarder, everything is in range for him, including Annapolis. And I think that was probably my favorite part of the night. That was hilarious. That was, I, I liked this crew tonight. I feel like we've had such, you know, I didn't like Jonathan Vilma from the Fox last week. I was not loving that. So I don't know if it was just because we were coming off of that one and we came to this one or just because Al Michaels and the crew is great. Al Michaels is like legendary when it comes to broadcasting, but I love that. I think it was just the first time a field goal miss against the Ravens this season also. And first from Evan McPherson. Miss. I mean, that that dude... Evan McPherson is like a young, not a young Justin Tucker. Nobody's JT9, but the guy is pretty dang accurate. So to see him miss was was definitely surprising. You know who doesn't miss is our girl, Josina Anderson, friend oh. of the show. Look at Josina. She she stopped Look by the bank. Look at that red and the red lipstick. I love it. Look at you, girl. 
let me tell you, Josina showed up for primetime. She's hanging out with Carmelo Anthony. She's hanging out with former Raven Mark Ingram, who was in the house. Cedric Mullins was in town. Emmett T-Bank Stadium knows how to put on a show. This place was buzzing. I want to thank everybody that came out to be more around town. I had such a great time. Special shout out to a sixth grader who joined me on my show, Bryson. He literally killed it. I think he's the future voice of Baltimore sports. It was great to get to know him and his parents who were right next to me. And uh, I just really had a great time out there. Uh, thanks to um, Jermaine Lewis as well, who, like I said earlier on in the stream, just, just was inducted into the Maryland Sports State Athletic Hall of Fame. Great news for him, former Ravens Super Bowl champ and all that. And uh, Asmodi has given you some love here. He always sends us our super chat. So appreciate you. And uh, you do sound amazing, Sarah. And I think we have one other one as well. Tim T, this mini bye week has to be getting uh, – yeah, this is what you mentioned. The run defense has got to get fixed. The loss of Calais Campbell is being felt. We have looked soft up front too often and bullied. I think we've we've sort of shared our thoughts that we're in agreement on there. It's got to short, got to get short up, for sure, interior wise. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. I, I mean, I already went on a rant about it, so I don't. I'm not trying to do it again. But um, here, here's what I like. Okay, so so oh, this feels so much better than last week. Okay, so just big picture. Unless you have any more details, I want to do the big picture as we kind of like zoom out here. Okay, We're while, going you, in. while you Go formulate ahead. that, one more read here because we do have our okay. thanks to give to post, you know, the post game That's exclusive right. sponsor, and that is our friend at CyberTech, which is a next generation local recruiting resourcing and outsourcing firm. A new way to acquire resources is what they're all about. So whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, CyberTech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and you don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, CyberTech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. CyberTech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if you're interested, you'll meet myself, Sarah, and the CyberTech team for a virtual introduction. You can get started today by scanning the QR code that is in the upper right-hand corner of the screen right now. But if you're in the, in the audio-only format, you can get started as well by sending an email to the address that we have included in the top of the show notes. Your closing big picture thought is what? Well, just that, well, first of all, ugh, AFC North games are brutal. Deshaun Watson out for the season after playing the Ravens. By the way, yeah. hat tip hat tip to him because the way he played against the Ravens in the second half with apparently a shoulder, he needs shoulder surgery, whatever happened there. Oof. Yep. Oh, holy cow. Holy cow. I can't, that Stones. makes like the, the Ravens defensive performance that game even worse. So, um, so, so that happened to them. Burrow goes down today. Mark Andrews goes down. I mean, these AFC North games, when they call them the black and blue division, that is no lie. It is absolutely no lie. For the Ravens to be able to sweep tonight is a big deal. It's a big deal. As we mentioned at the top of the show, they maintain number one in the division. As they go into mini-buy for the Chargers, Lamar says he's fine for the Chargers. Ravens have 10 days to figure out life without Mark Andrews. If you can then get through that game, you've on your real buy. So over these next three weeks, the Ravens can get a lot of rest and they can get a lot of rest from that number one spot. Then they go into a gauntlet, but let's, and this is one of the reasons why Bobby, they were offered an option to take the buy after that London game. 
they didn't do it. And then after that London game, came home for one game, and then I went all the way out to Arizona. All that traveling yards is now paying off in this moment. Get your rest. It ended up being a great move because now they have a late buy for a late playoff push. Yeah. That's all that's got to matter right now. Move, you know what I mean? Just like enjoy the win for a couple of days and then move forward. Always move over, move forward. All eyes on Chargers. Figure out life with Mark Andrews. And hey, here's a question for you. We didn't even ask about this. How confident are you in Isaiah Likely? Well, I, I, he was such a great blocker tonight. You know, in, in terms of production wise, he finishes with, let's see, Isaiah. Isaiah finished with just, yeah, yeah, just, oh, he didn't even, he didn't have a catch tonight. He was targeted twice. So, you know, willing blocker tonight doesn't show up in the, in the stat sheet, obviously. We've seen that he, what he's capable of being never really though with Mark involved. So it's like with Mark now down, does this mean he's just going to completely open himself up and be a more, you know, a bigger target? Uh, We've seen what he can do. It's coming flashes. It's, it's, it's coming, you know, small doses. So to answer your question, I still think that he has a lot to prove, but I, I, I think there's a, enough upside there to be optimistic, more so because other than la- aside from last, you know, unlike last year, there's more playmaking ability around him, which hopefully will open up opportunities across the middle for him so that he can be somewhat of a security blanket. He ain't going to be 89, but if he can be a percentage of that for Lamar, I think that'll be really, really reassuring for all of us. And, you know, one note too. You know, the Bengals are now 0-3 in the division. I think we may have mentioned that earlier on. Let's say they go on their run if Joe's able to get his wrist or the right wrist, throwing wrist, together. Sure looks like it's going to be a hard uphill battle for him, but let's say he is. Or let's say Brown – I'm just hypothetically, let's say Cincinnati mm-hmm. finds a way to go on a run the second half. The mm-hmm. Ravens now own the tiebreaker. So tonight, oh, yeah. tonight, had, tonight was massive. There were so many factors that went into my sort of statement about the must-win thing, the degree of difficulty of the schedule down the stretch, right? Uh, just where the Ravens are right now, how much of a gauntlet the not only the division is, but the AFC is as well, and how you always want that buy if you can get it, even though it didn't serve them well in 2019. That's beside the point. This was huge. This was absolutely huge. But let's just say since he continues to be dominant the way that it has in years past down the stretch, Baltimore is still in a great position to combat that. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I, it, it, and here's what's crazy is like, um, you know, we were we, the fourth quarter came around, and of course, everybody had on their minds like, all right, can the Ravens finish? Can they finish? To me, it never felt in question even before the fourth quarter started for me because to me, it felt like the Bengals had given up once Joe Burrow went out. Yes, that's the way it felt to me. Like I'm sure there was some some big individual performances and all that, and uh, but it just seemed like they had no fight in them after that. And so the question is, if they lose Joe Burrow for like a couple games, are they going to fight without him? Are they going to the Ravens? I felt like whenever Lamar Jackson went down, there was still plenty of fight in Baltimore. Uh, yeah. I just didn't feel it from the Bengals tonight. So we'll see. We'll see what who we'll see what they can do. Um, and now with Deshaun Watson out, what are the Browns going to do? The Ravens, when they played him the first time without Deshaun Watson, it was a, uh, what was it? 27 to three. Yeah. So, and then 
Who knows how long this is going to last for the Steelers? My goodness. Oh, my I was, gosh. I was just going to say. Freaking, the, they're so annoying. They're so annoying. <laughs> I was just going to say these dudes, these dudes have been outgained nine straight games, and yet they're they're chilling six and three. This is setting up so nicely for Pittsburgh, <laughs> right? Like to get a wild card spot. This is absolutely you know that's going to happen. Like they are uh, going to find week a way. 18, week yes. 18. Oh my gosh. It's just, yes. Oh, even if somehow they like lose their mojo before week 18, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're going to want to come in and spoil things or whatnot. Um, yeah. Real quick. I never got to say something unlikely. I'll just say this real quick. Unlikely. Likely we know had a big preseason when he first was a rookie. Lamar loved him. They seem to have things going. I think Likely's just got to learn Lamar. Likely's got to learn this this street ball with Lamar. Like there was that one time where Lamar tried to throw it to him when he was sort of on the run and then stopped and tried to throw it to him and likely didn't go where Lamar wanted him. And I mean, Lamar's coached him up a lot. Like we talk about Lamar sometimes doesn't get too vocal. He's been, he was vocal with likely. So I'm hoping they can coach him up because I feel like he has a talent. Again, I'm not saying he's Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is probably number one, number two in the league in terms of tight ends. But like, can he can he put up production? I sure hope so. I I sh- I think he has the talent. He's just got to get on the same page with Lamar. Like I said, uh, his production has come with Mark off the field. So if history repeats itself, yeah, he could be in a good shape. But uh, yeah. can we give some love the fact that it's one fifteen a.m. Eastern on Friday morning, <laughs> and we have over a thousand concurrents joining us across all platforms right now? I mean, you guys. You, you guys are so incredible. Awesome. I mean, this has been, this is really something. Uh, thank you. Thank you. If you haven't already done so and you enjoyed the last hour and seven minutes and counting worth of content, uh, please consider liking this video, subscribing to both the Vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels and continuing to follow what we do by pressing that notification bell. Uh, notif- you know, videos every single day, content every single day. Again, if you want to enter the ticket giveaway to help out uh, Baltimore families in need this Thanksgiving, you can find all of that information in the show notes below. A huge, huge thank you to uh, CyberTech for tonight's sponsor. And be on the lookout potentially for Roquan Smith to re-enter the vault. We'll have to see. I know some people are calling for the line. <laughs> some people are calling for the lines to open. Listen, I got nothing left in me. Sarah doesn't eat. I mean, Sarah could probably go another hour knowing her, but I got nothing left in me. The Celsius is a worn off. Okay. I'm doing a noon live stream. I will be doing that, but I have no clue if we're having Roquan on in about seven hours from now. So Sarah and I need to sleep as if we are, and hopefully we can get agent row on after yet another dominant game. By the way, a couple things that have come in just so that we're being uh, as, as thorough as possible. Logan Wilson was, was, um, tried to be approached in the locker room, I guess, by multiple Cincy reporters, and he declined to speak with the media. Again, he was a part of the three injuries, one of which knocked Mark Andrews out for the season. So, Logan, we'll have to hear Lam- from another And time. then Lamar, what was the third one? OB- was that wow. on OBJ? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was the one who hit OBJ? And it was a hell of a tackle, too. Jeez. Yeah. Well, by the way, while that's going on, I know that Bengals fans are complaining about Roquan because in his post-game uh, interview with Amazon Prime, uh, they asked about um, – was it Joe Burrow? Yeah, this is a total joke. Yeah, like, that, one was, a total that joke. was crazy because 
Rose this is Dov Kleiman. Hey. Don't get me going. This is Dov Kleiman trying to make something out of nothing. Sorry oh, to interrupt. I know you don't like Dov. I know I you swear, don't like Dov. I swear. I literally watched <laughs> it live, and I saw what he did. Everybody go look at what he did, okay? This is the problem with some of these aggregators. They try to take something or nothing and turn it into something. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Anyway, so Roquan says, you know, we have a ton of respect for Burrow. Uh, yada, yada, yada. He goes, sometimes that happens with this Ravens defense and we wish him well. So people take the, sometimes that happens with the Ravens defense, meaning he got injured that, you know, but by the way, Burrow, again, it was on, he didn't even get contacted when his wrist wrist was hurt. Like it literally was just when he threw the ball. So yeah, that's now with Logan Wilson, at least you can be like, there was contact, you know what I mean? And it was three different players or whatever. I personally, didn't see Logan be dirty. I didn't no, like I didn't him either. holding on to I didn't like him holding on to Lamar's leg when Lamar was out, but I don't feel like I didn't think that he was dirty. Certainly didn't think Roquan was dirty. Roquan was just talking like Roquan does. Yeah. Like we're a train, get off our tracks or we gotta yes. run through type thing. But again, Burrow was not even contacted when he injured his yeah. wrist. It's good AFC North football. And as far as I'm concerned, until the NFL does something about this study that they've been looking back at since 2022 about the hip drop tackle okay it's fair it's in bounds like that's that's how it is until they do something about it these guys can get away with it Isaiah likely obviously moving into the starting tight end role he says that every snap every play the rest of the season is for 89 he's dedicating every single play every single snap that he logs for Mark Andrews the rest of the way Odell Beckham Jr. was smothered post game by a bunch of different reporters it was a mm-hmm. long time coming, he said. It's just one of those nights. Uh, it, it, there's a ton of information out there. Uh, really, really exciting. And uh, obviously the Ravens are in really, really good position now, Sarah, through 11 weeks. And you got to love a little mini buy coming off what was really a slugfest out there physically. Yeah, Bobby, I feel like we've tried to wrap up like three times and we keep finding new stuff to talk well, about. People are but... leaving. People are leaving. There's still 900 <laughs> plus people in here. It's like, where are you people at? I mean, I know Thor is in Iceland. It's like 6 a.m. right now. And some of our Europeans are out there. But what are you guys doing? There's 910 people in here. And all and... I know is my kids are going to be waking me up at 6 a.m. So I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until we get down to like 500. All right, you could do what you okay. Look, look at this. Lu, Lucinda, Lucinda, hopefully I'm not pronouncing that cr- uh, wrong, is, is tuned in from Australia. Okay, Manuel, <laughs> my guy Manuel, he, he's posted up in Mexico. Okay, we got Florida. Alex says he's fired up. Bobby, I'm fired up as well. Brandon says Pittsburgh. Joseph says he's at work for General Motors in Indiana because he's a workhorse. Okay, Kyle's driving home from the game, and I'm about to open up my fifth Celsius of the five hours let's go <laughs> let's go we got 900 people in here we're building something that i'm fired up about i know sarah is too we got sydney australia in the in the house brooklyn new york i, I kind of yeah you're right chef trez i kind of want to open up the lines but we got to act as if roquan is quite literally joining us in seven hours because he might be oh my gosh are you gonna open the lines <laughs> is that what you're gonna do <laughs> should we Let's take three. Let's take the first three. Should we open Put up the, the line? line? Here's what's Do funny. it real quick. But seriously, I'm out, I'm out at like, I've got 15 minutes in me. I got to get up. My kids are going to be like, mom, mom. And like, 
getting ready for the bus and all that. So Listen, I got to put the, three. I got to put the audio show together. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I yeah, mean, what are you is, doing over I, here? I don't know. Mister, I'm fired up. I'm trying to give you a leeway to like close it. <laughs> Everybody's still driving home. What are you people driving back home to Australia? I mean, look at this. Mark will be back. I love to see Mark California. Ingram out there tonight. I don't know if Mark's coming back this season though. There is not a, not a lot of, not a lot of optimism oh about that. And right on cue from Mexico There's City. Two. We get That's one right. more. There's three. That's it. Hey. There's four. There's five. You know what we're gonna do right now? Watch this. Watch this. We're gonna do something that I don't even know if we can do, but I'm gonna try my oh, best. No. And let's just see. Let's just see oh, if we can no. get our first ever dual guest in here. Watch this. What's oh, up, sweet. everybody? How's <laughs> everybody doing? <laughs> I'm going to mute you people if this doesn't work. But all right, Manuel, then John, then Chef, then Wes. Your one big takeaway. It's literally got to be 10 seconds. Manuel, you go first. Well, my biggest takeaway, the receivers step up with Andrew's absence. That's my biggest takeaway. Literally. I love it. I love it, brother. Thank you. What's up, Wes? Hey, this is more of a question for you guys. Um, what do you think about bringing in Volkolek, who's big in preseason now that Andrews went down? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm for, he's on the practice squad, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for bringing him up. Um, he, he, I feel like he was more of a, a blocking tight end, but uh, so, but whatever. You can use that too, but. I'm for that. Again, they got 10 days to figure out how they want to fill the holes. But I, I've always liked it. I feel like every time he's there, he does good things. Appreciate you, Wes. What's up, John? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, yeah, just um, really excited about um, the production that Likely had in the blocking game. You know, the catches are going to come. He, he has the talent. But really the showing the effort down the field on the blocks from whenever Mazay had the ball and whenever uh, Nelly had the ball, like just seeing the effort, that's what you love to see. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, let's see. Was it Chef or – yeah, I think it was Chef. What's up, Chef? Hey, I just got to say, Bobby, it feels so good knowing that you were wrong, man. Predicting the <laughs> Ravens lost. Oh, it feels so good. But, hey, hey, it was a great game. Glad to see that, you know, the Ravens got punched in the mouth and they recovered and they came back and hit them harder. So, it was a great game. Great game. Appreciate you, Chef. Thanks for the love, man. I think that was Kyron, right? Kyron or Kyron? Yeah, uh, Kyrie. Uh, two things. One, I was at the game, as you can hear the way I'm talking. The stadium was on fire tonight. And for me, my younger brother's a Bengals fan, so this is an extra sweet victory for me. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Thanks and for the rub call. Rub that in. Rub it in. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dominic, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Great. 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 Uh, you Come on, show us that whole handsome face. We got to see the whole handsome face. <laughs> Carson, I'm muting you because we're getting feedback. We'll get to you in a second. As you can see, I was at I, in my voice. I was at the game too, but uh, I like to see Marcus Williams used up that tackling. That's Can't right, that. we, he's up there tackling. Yeah, appreciate. He was the call, out there man. tackling, and he was getting past breakups. If, 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 it, if, it, if, it, if it, his other shoulder was working, he would have caught a pick. That's true. Thanks, Dominic. Appreciate you, man. What's up, Carson? How you doing, dude? I keep muting you because you got all kinds of feedback, but you're up now. What's up? Uh-oh. Hey, try it again. Go to a different room. What's up, David? You're muted. Oh, that's me. That's my fault. I muted you. <laughs> What's up, dude? Hey, guys. How are y'all tonight? 
Great. Good, man. I thought y'all would like this with the theme that's going on. Had this for a while. Um, my biggest takeaway is it's going to be hard to replace Mark. Mark just gives so much to us, but I really, I really liked what I saw out of all of the receivers that stepped up. And like the other gentleman said, the blocking from Likely was huge. He just kind of found himself in the right place at the right time on a couple of those and just turned around and laid somebody out. And catches will come after that, but I think they're going to have to put this together. It's going to be a committee, share the burden, like you guys kind of said, and uh, just make sure that, you know, everybody just kind of chips in to chip away from it. My man. Pre-game, post-game caller, you do it all, David. Thank you so much. Carson, you're the last one of the night, brother. Did you go to a different room? Yeah, because I wanted to show you it's morning in here in Europe. So hello from there. And I have to say it was a good game. But I have to say, um, I hope really that Yorkerson comes together for the next game. Before, yeah. Before yeah. We win. Absolutely. Hey, remind us where you are again. So I'm in Berlin, Germany. Berlin. Okay. That's right. Okay. That's right. We appreciate you, man. That's Thank awesome. you so much. Look at the sun coming up over there. I love yeah. it. Yeah, Carson Carson did such a good job for me when I was in London, just kind of like taking us from uh, tailgate to tailgate. Like he was literally my correspondent. It was awesome. So uh, let's see here. I, th I believe it was Clint first. What's going on, brother? Thanks for being with us. Hey, hey not much. Well, how are you guys doing today? Great, Great. man. Man, I, honestly, I like right before I'm going to bed, so I just want to say, everybody go out, enjoy this weekend, enjoy this win, because they don't come this often. And let's be honest, division wins like this, it's super huge. Got to love them right now. Absolutely. Appreciate Massive. you. Thanks for the call, man. Let's see. I believe that was Kyle. What's up, Kyle? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my voice is gone. I was loud and proud in the bank tonight. Just got home. All I want to say is super awesome seeing the halftime adjustments. Bengals are running up the gut the entire first half. We shut it down the second half. And then the inverse, we couldn't – the O-line was terrible in the pass blocking and pass protection. Second half, they got together. Let's go Ravens, baby. Woo! Appreciate you, Kyle. I love it. Whatever voice he's got left, he's willing yeah, to use it on us. Yeah, he gave it to us. <laughs> That's awesome. Christian, you still with us? If not, no worries. But uh, that was pretty cool. I, I actually didn't think that we had – I kind of like that. Yeah, I actually yeah. Did, wasn't aware that we had the the um, the capacity or, or bandwidth to do that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, you guys are you guys are awesome. Some great observations that that maybe we had gotten to or, or not yet. But uh, Asmodeus just continues to to drop these super chat features mm -hmm. in, which which is amazing. Uh, thank thank you guys. And and if you don't want to go through there, you can always go through Venmo as well at Ravens Vault Podcast. You can also check out CyberTech. In the show notes below, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast to learn more about what we're offering there if you want to support us on a monthly basis. And let's give Christian one more chance if he's still with us. Not seeing him on camera, so maybe he wants to do audio only. What's up, Christian? Hey, what's up? Sorry, guys. Thank you again for having me. Um, so I don't know what happened. Um, actually calling you from Dallas on vacation. Um not Columbus, <laughs> but I, I, I don't want to throw shade or hate or any negativity, but it really looked like 55 tried to hurt tonight. And I threw it in the comments, but like anyone, anyone else in the comments or anyone else anywhere can say like they played the game, even in high school, Cobra, you know, um, 
when you hang on to an ankle like that and drive it and drop, you know what you're doing. So, I mean, hopefully it wasn't that, but it really did look like that. So I hope it wasn't. And I hope Mark's okay. And thank God Lamar is. Appreciate the call, man. Yeah, I think we covered that earlier. I, I just don't think it was intentional. It's just so hard. It's bang, bang stuff. Do you hang on to Lamar's ankles a little bit too long there at the end when they cross out of bounds? Yeah, but we're watching this frame by frame, you know? Like, it's just – it's so difficult to make statements like that. It really is. Unless unless you have a repeat – somebody somebody like a perfect or something, right? Where there's like – Right. A, or it's a, clearly yeah. – Yeah. Or it becomes a habit like Draymond Green in the NBA, right? Like, yeah. this is a repeat offender. I don't know enough about Logan Wilson to know whether or not he he's a repeat offender or not. But tonight, it was all within bounds. Perhaps he could there there could be some fines coming in tonight based on what we've seen uh so so far this year with how tic tac that's been. But anyway, thanks Christian. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Yeah. You guys are the best. That was fun. Cool way to end all it. Right. Um now we're definitely gonna go. We've gone for yes. this is probably our longest one ever. So uh for 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 everybody here, uh, gosh, it was like 1,200 people at one point concurrently. Thank you so much, guys. Week 11 is now in the books. Ravens get a mini bye week before the Chargers are next up on their schedule. So look, looking forward to that. Looking forward to getting some R&R this weekend, of course. And thank you guys for being with us here inside the vault and across the Bobby Baltimore channels. If you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing, liking this video if you enjoyed the content. And as always, thank you to CyberTech for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. It is 1.31 a.m. Eastern. Sarah and I are out of here. Thank you, guys. 